again, thank you so much for joining me this week here again with the Luck Stops Here podcast. And if this is your first time, welcome. I'm your host, Scott Bowser, and I appreciate all of you joining me. This has been such a fun ride, and it's going to keep getting more fun because I've been booking a lot of fun guests and a lot of old friends, and it's just so much fun to catch up with everybody. And uh, I could do this show at least twice a week for a long time, and that's what I plan on doing. So thank you so much. For joining me here for the first episode of this week i have my buddy ben colleen on ben's uh from the bay area san francisco comic uh very very funny guy uh we met doing the savage henry comedy festival one year and i know he's one of those dudes i just kind of click with you know we both like uh smoking weed uh baseball uh experiment playing wiffle ball and uh experimenting with some psychedelics on the side so we got along like uh, flies on shit, if you know what I mean. No, that's that's probably not the best way of putting that. But Ben's a great guy, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Like he has some great Ricky Henderson stories there at the end, so definitely stick around for that part because that I've been honestly. I recorded this a few days ago, right before I released it uh, here Tuesday night, and dude, this made me laugh so fucking hard all week. Just like like Ricky being Ricky, and if you're not a Ricky Henderson fan. Uh, this is one of the biggest Ricky Henderson fan appreciation shows out there. Ricky, I w- if you do listen, I would love to have you on. Uh, you you would you would rule. So, everybody, please walk, please uh, enjoy this new episode with my friend Ben Kalina. And I am here with the man Ben. How you doing, pal? What's up, buddy? Oh, dude, good to be here. Good to see you again, Scott. Dude. It, uh, I'm glad to let you know you're the first of my Bay Area friends that's been on the show. Yeah. So you, you're breaking first. new grounds. I've been meaning to get like Luke and uh, Holmgren and other people on because I know you guys are all a bunch of degenerates up there. Yeah. Holmgren's uh, like two blocks away from me, so I see him all the time. Is he? Are you, then, you're in Oakland still? No, I'm in San Francisco. I'm I'm like right near Golden Gate Park. Okay, he's, yeah. He's staying a couple blocks away from me, so, so I see him pretty regularly. I know you guys like going to the horse track there. At, uh, oh man, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> Where Golden Gate Park has the Dollar Days, and if you're familiar yeah. with any kind of horse track, Dollar Days are like dollar hot dogs, dollar beers. It's it's such an experience, man. I uh, I think I. I won like uh, the first time we went. I I won like uh, like a hundred and sixty bucks on like a dollar, like box trifecta or something. Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm good at this. I was like, no, I'm just a lucky idiot. You know, that's kind of how it is. But then you're hooked for life. I think that's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, but this is how it's possible. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people just lose twenty bucks their first time. They're like, I never. Because I remember my first time at the track. I was like twelve or so. With my grandparents. Yeah. And I won pretty dude, I won like 40, 50 bucks. I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm the man. Like Also, you know, it it with the dollar uh, you know, uh mimosas, it really doesn't take uh you can win you can win a lot of ways a dollar day. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of paths to victory. <laughs> you really have to slam those mimosas though. They're not very, you know, strong. Uh I saw I saw last time we were there, I saw a lady that was like that was sneaking in her own crystal geyser bottles full of champagne and then like power loading the mimosas they give you just like doubling down. Oh, the that's, wow. that's smart, dude. That's smart. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, my grandma used to work for a market research company and uh, <laughs> they uh, would occasionally do beer surveys. We would get a bunch of free beer. 
But the funniest one that we did, did, did it was like the one for Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> and me and my brother at the end of the survey came up on like a couple free cases of Smirnoff Ice. And we looked at each other like, we're not going to drink this shit, but what do we do? It's like, well, if we use it as a mixer with vodka, I oh. think we've made a nice new cocktail. And so that's <laughs> what we did. Oh, man. The hangovers must have been nightmares. Man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to remember, too, at the same time, we're we're probably smoking like an eighth at least between the two of us that night. We're uh, knocking back a few beers. You know, there's probably some pills or something involved. Uh, maybe a couple toots here and there. So it's like <laughs> trouble. <laughs> when you got hang- <laughs> we're approaching hangovers on multiple levels like this. I mean. Oh, the the full hangover vortex. Yeah, so, dude. And then you're in your 20s, so all you got to do is wake up and go to a bar. It's pretty easy, dude. Like, yeah, I, I remember being like 19 and waking up with a hangover and like five push-ups and a bong rip would do it. Yeah. Five, you're back to normal, you you're know? fine. Yeah. Not anymore, though. I don't even know if I could do five push-ups. <laughs> I, I probably couldn't. <laughs> also, dude, like, honestly, I, I dude, to me, like, I, I only really drink, I'll drink like on a Friday night now. Uh-huh. It's like uh, okay, I don't have to be back at work till Monday morning. I, the the hangover is usually two to three days, so I'll only be semi hungover from Friday night by the time Monday morning comes around. Like, yeah, it. I, I've discovered that since the lockdown has happened, my hangover threshold is so much lower. Like if I have like four beers now, I'm like dead the next day. Yeah, that's a bummer, dude. I, like, I feel like it's made it's accelerated my aging process. Like I was still extending my prime i was like uh i was in the uh i was in the jerry rice zone you know yeah really really getting my money's worth out of it and then all of a sudden just everything slows down and i'm like buying stocks and being an old man now (laughs) (laughs) dude i feel like our generation here like where we're like that late 70s early 80s where we're kind of like too old for millennials but too young for gen x kind of thing yeah i feel like we're gonna be the ones where like Cause like every like, dude, you go back and look like John Goodman when he's thirty five, and he looks old. Yeah, and it's like, dude, that guy's way like I'm in my forties now. Like that's uh, that's like way younger than I look younger than that. But like, I think this is where all that aging, like de aging, the gen each generation's kind of looked a little bit younger. Our generation, when we're fifty, we're all gonna look seventy five, dude. Oh yeah, I mean, I've already kind of done some of that math, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm okay with. Like if not, if I don't make it to those years, you know, not to be morbid, but I'm like, ah, it's, I've had like seven concussions, you know, I just don't <laughs> think uh, it's going to be good. You know, I think there, there might also be like a predisposition to like some form of Alzheimer's somewhere in my family. So that's, you know, that's not good. I, I'm trying to have as much fun with all of this stuff while I can, you know? Yeah. I mean, as, as long as I remember it. I think yeah. if I ever get really bad Alzheimer's, I'm going to just be like, hey, someone's got to record everything I say for the Alzheimer's podcast. <laughs> just document it. <laughs> just Yeah, put it all out there. Like, hey, who knows? There could be yeah. some gold in there. You never know. Yeah, that's like the uh, the hardest thing when they say that, like, new confusion is like a COVID symptom. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't know. <coughs> I have new confusion all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it gets brutal. It's funny because I was just telling you I bought a car, right, last week. Uh-huh. And so I had been taking an Uber to work every morning and taking basically the same route every morning, right? Uh-huh. But, like, now the first time I actually go to, like, start driving it myself, 
all of a sudden I'm like, how the fuck do I, I I've done this every day for a while now. <laughs> where where and, do I go now? And I'm just like, oh, wait, oh, yeah, I guess you're supposed to go here. And, you got, you got used to, used to being a passenger, man. Yeah. That's what happens. No, it's totally true. Like, I got, uh, I don't know, I got desensitized from it. But now, uh, now I've had to take some detours and stuff, and all of a sudden I'm like, outside the Venetian, and I'm like, well, I'm definitely not at work. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? It's like I heard, uh, I think like it was uh, Troy Aikman or someone, when he goes on the road to do Fox games now, he has to like, take a picture of like his hotel floor and like the room door and the number and like another picture of the hotel from the outside. Cause otherwise like dude's traveling all the time. He's had like 50 concussions has no idea where he's going. Yeah, like, that too, that's a, that's pretty smart, dude. Like, yeah. Imagine having to go through your camera roll to be like, Oh, where, what, what city is this? It? Fun. I would create a different folder for each city and then update yeah. it and stuff. Like, I, like, Oh man, what if he confuses his uh one of his dick pi- Oh no, it's Brett Favre who likes the dick pigs. <laughs> Brett Favre. I wouldn't be surprised if Aikman's got him too though. But if Aikman's like pulling a Favre sending out dick pics accidentally when he means to send out like hey, this is the room I'm trying to remember <laughs> to someone to like like a uh, Joe Buck. He's accidentally sending dick pics to Joe Buck. I w- I would almost put money on that that's happened at some point. I would believe it. Dude, I, I keep saying, I because I work right by Trump Tower, I want to go over there and get a well-done steak and a fucking crushed ice <laughs> martini and a wine glass and really live it up one night. <laughs> Isn't the food supposed to be terrible? Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, awful. I hear the cocktails are just an embarrassment. Oh, man. Like, like what I, like name a drink and, like, that... Because each drink technically is supposed to be served in a certain type of glass. Yeah. A certain size... Ty- uh, I sometimes like, you know, like a good old fashioned. It's supposed to be the one big, huge ice block cube. Like, yeah, and it's supposed to be like the uh, the crystal glass, like the half glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do, I mean, or a martini glass, but like, I, I think like all their cocktails are just like crushed up, like, like really, like the kind of well drinks you'd get at a really cheesy, <laughs> like, Tijuana, like uh, those clubs that are like. Hey, ten dollars all you can drink all night, and it's just dudes with like a, like three bottles. Yeah. Of beer. No matter what you order, they grab from the same three bottles, pour it in a cup, and <laughs> hand it to you, dude. Like those little like outdoor bar cart stands, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. they just have like they don't really have ice cubes because they take up too much space. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's but, I. Yeah, that sounds like a good time, <laughs> dude. Uh... <laughs> No, I like, but I like, like we know one thing about the guy. He has a huge disdain for poor people, uh, uh-huh. the homeless, and uh, disabled veterans. Those are three groups he really. <laughs> he's not a fan. He's no. not a fan of. So it'd be great to get a group of homeless, disabled veterans, put them on a bus, and take them all out to lunch there, dude. Like, oh my god, he'd be pissed. Was I, I think I just saw the the clip. There was a clip of him. Uh, mourning uh, the loss of uh, Rush Limbaugh on Fox News. Oh, I haven't seen totally, that yet. Yeah, just totally using it as an excuse to talk about how, like, Rush agreed that I got screwed in the election. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he just can't let it go. Uh, that's, that's classic. Dude, it's so funny. Uh, today is the day that Rush Limbaugh died, man. And, like, wherever you what are, where, wherever you're listening to this, I hope... Uh, you pour out a bottle of Oxycontin for a boy. <laughs> yeah. 
pour out some <laughs> some of that Sackler goodness. I didn't realize he was born in 51, and that's the year my parents were born. And I was like, dude, no way. Was, I thought he was, like, way closer to my grandparents' age. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was, like, if you would have told me he was born in the 1930s, I would have believed Oh, it. yeah. Remember, remember when he they put him on ESPN for a minute? Yeah, dude. That's, on the on the Monday night pregame show. On Monday night football, and then they had to fire him like two weeks later because he said some racist shit about Donovan McNabb. Yeah, I looked that up today actually at lunch because the, the dude I work with's young and he like he was he's like I know I hate the guy, but I've never really heard what he said. I was like, Well, here's when they tried to make him on Monday night football and it was like basically saying the media wants a black quarterback to succeed. Yeah. And Steve yeah, Young's man. looking at him like Dude, I'm watching him make plays that's causing them to win games. I don't know what the fuck you <laughs> want out of this guy. Uh, yeah, like Steve Young's there like, I don't know what the fuck you know about Rush Limbaugh, but I know about quarterback, and he's good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? But, dude, it's so funny because I remember, like, uh, was it just a couple years ago they fired, like, Jamel Hill for, for making political-type statements on ESPN, and they wanted to, like, stick to sports, and it's like, damn, like, you guys hired Rush Limbaugh to talk about football. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and, since, how is that... and since ABC and ESPN are owned by the same company, keep in mind this Rush Limbaugh thing came about three years after Dennis Miller was in the booth on Monday Night Football. Oh, I know. I love the fucking the Twitter account, uh, the fake Dennis Miller. The fake Dennis Miller account. I've contributed a couple uh, to that here and there in the past. Yeah, I know. I, I talked to Sean. Sean, uh, yeah. He's done a couple because he he, he kind of has that uh, natural ability to tap into like those kind, that kind of joke writing. It's just. Yeah, it's, I, that's a very easy voice once you know it to write for. Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes I'll see tweets on that account and I'll be like, that, that was Sean. That's yeah. just a Sean joke, you know, like. But yeah, it's a, that's a fun account. I'll DM him. if I think of if I'm sitting there watching a game, and, and like I know he's sitting there watching the same game. I'll DM him a good one if I think of it, and I've seen him like he'll always kind of twist it around though. But he'll be like, "Oh no, that's the that's the right reference for that play or whatever." Yeah, and it's all about to me a, Den a good Dennis Miller tweet. The reference has to be pre World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there, there's got it like. There's a few like levels to it that it, the only way it works, you know. It has to be like obscure to a degree of obviously trying to show off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like <laughs> the most obscure reference possible. Yeah, like uh, I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes. I haven't seen someone misfire like Patrick Mahomes since Gavrilo Princip rerouted a parade. Or something, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like a real, Who, like a it's real, so funny. A real deep 1914 cut, dude. <laughs> so it's so funny just to imagine, like, like living through it was weird, but imagining like a the executive who is like, yes, football fans will like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what football needs. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they should have gone with Norm McDonald because that was right after he got fired by SNL. That's right. And if yeah. ABC would have rubbed it in NBC's face by hiring the guy that they fired for making too many OJ jokes to take OJ's old job on their network. That would have yeah. been perfect. And you know, the, the, the funny thing is like, I think it's not necessarily a bad idea to have like humor in the broadcast booth, but it's just, I don't know. Like they just like Dennis Miller's just so yeah, no one thinks out he's funny. old. Like, yeah. He had like, like no a three month window in the late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. But that yeah, that would be interesting. 
he, cause like, he was kind of decent when he was the weekend update host, but I mm-hmm. think that was more because he he was the first guy when he was weekend update host. He was the guy who started putting on Sandler and Farley and a lot of those guys a lot in weekend update characters. Yeah. So I feel I'm, like I'm, it wasn't him being funny; it was him bringing on funny people. Yeah, I'm skeptical of like the cool guy weekend update host. Like, I, I don't like uh, what the, the current one either because he's too. Well, fuck those guys. They fucking <laughs> fuck stole one of my guys. tweets, dude. So, oh no way. Yeah, fuck those guys can suck my dick. As far as I'm concerned, they owe me more money than Joe Biden does right now. Damn, that it's 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 yeah, it's a hard it's it shows hard to watch. <laughs> it's brutal, dude. Sometimes I'll catch some of it, and I'm just sitting there like, like, like you know what it really reminds me of? Like, first off, I it took me a while to realize this, but I was like, it was like some time in my mid to late twenties. I was like, God, this show uh, got awful. When did this show get awful? It's like, I, it didn't get awful. I'm just an adult now, and yeah, it's a show designed for kids because who else is going to want a Saturday night get not getting out, getting loaded at that hour? That's true. Like junior true. high, early high school kids, kind of. But also, I, I mean, maybe it's just me being old and like thinking things were better but i it it just legitimately was so much funnier when it was like chris farley and oh, like yeah. bill hartman like like it, it's like it's weird to like think about how significant it used to be to me like when i would when i would watch it like when i was young and like how insignificant it's kind of become you know no and there was one point where there was like billy crystal eddie murphy christopher guest and shit like martin short like mm-hmm. like they like I mean, and of course, the original cast stuff. Like, no, they've had their heavy hitters over the years. It's like, yeah, like now it's funny though because it's like kind of like at times I watch it, and I have friends that work there, so I, I don't want to shit on it too hard. Uh-huh. But uh, it it reminds me of like the skits people put on like a camp. Yeah, it's like celebrities go there to play like camp games instead well, of also, instead it, of like doing a comedy show. It it feels like it's one of those things that happens to things as they become an institution where like when it started it was a voice of like a counterculture and now it's it's the voice of the establishment. You know, yeah. it's just like it just becomes just, the establishment. Yeah. And so it's it's hard I don't know, it's just I don't know. I still think of uh <laughs> It's like Jonestown, the man. They became the establishment. Yeah. So they had to yeah. end it all. <laughs> it's true, man. We went from SNL to Jonestown. It's <laughs> full circle now. Yep. I mean, Jim Jones, Lauren Michaels, a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities there, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and, oh, man. And I, I, I'm pretty sure SNL has done a Kool-Aid commercial parody at one point. They do. Actually, I just uh, I was just thinking of one that from when I was a kid that cracked me up. The one for the investment firm. Uh, that just got a web page, and uh, because they were late to the internet, they didn't they didn't get to pick their URL. So you could visit them at www.clownpenis.farts, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all like a serious like investment commercial until it gets to the <laughs> URL. <laughs> so good. That is really. I remember too. I remember the one that was like a luxury car commercial. It was from like the early nineties. I don't want to say it was Phil Hartman in it. He yeah. was the voiceover guy, but it was. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, it was like um, the the luxury car that you could finally fuck, <laughs> and like it was like it showed like you know on those commercials they always show like how good the suspension is by sacking the what's going on. Damn, they're like a bunch of cop cars just came flying down my street. Oh wow! Well, like was... way faster than cars normally drive. Oh wow! Well, that seems like fun. 
They own the streets. That's the, it's theirs. <laughs> but you know, like they had like the champagne glass pyramid with all the uh, like showing how good the suspension is, and you see them slightly rocking. And there's just a guy down with like his pants pulled down around his ankles <laughs> in the back where it's like there's an opening in the trailer, like the trunk, and he's just fucking the shit out of it. And then he pulls out and like th- the opening is all pixelated. <laughs> See, like they used to do like weird shit. Like, well, shit and, like the was... funny thing with those kind of commercials, too, is they would go to Madison Avenue around the block. And hire uh, like the 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 ad I well, yeah, they always look like like so legit, you know. Yeah, like they would basically go and hire modern day Don Drapers <laughs> to do fake commercials for them because it's. I remember there was one too, like Will Ferrell, or like a Gatorade. It was like supposed to be like a Gatorade commercial, but it was uh-huh. for cookie dough. Oh, cookie dough sport. Yeah, yeah. dude. He's like <laughs> dumping it on his performance. Where he's just like dumping it on his face, and it's just all frozen <laughs> looking. But it's like it's song so... "Love Hurts." Though it's from the Gatorade <laughs> yeah. commercial. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, Schmidt's gay with Farley that and Sandler. Classic. Like, yeah. Like, oh, man. Speaking of uh, commercials, I I started uh, rewind. Uh, I actually hadn't finished it before, but just. The other night I started watching uh, Detroiters. It's so funny. I haven't watched that yet. I, I've heard good things. I should check. Yeah, it out. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. it. It's I'm like halfway through it still, but it's like a lot. There's a lot of really good fake commercials in, in that mm-hmm. show. Uh, what is it on uh, HBO Max? It's a Comedy Central show. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll check it. I have the Comedy Central app. I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, so I liked on Atlanta. Did you ever see Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta's really good. Where they did really, like, like, all the fake commercials in that one, where it was like, yeah, they, that was like was the best episode when they had the it was like the Charlie Rose style interview. Yeah, and yeah, like, they just go through all the different ads. And like the one ad was like, like supposed to be like the tricks rabbit, but the cop comes over and beats his ass, <laughs> and the kids are like, dude, he was just trying to see all take our cereal. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Like, you didn't have to go that far. Like, like just the kids are all bummed out and sad. Like, uh, but it's like it still looked like a breakfast cereal commercial. So yeah, it's fucking funny. Like, yeah, that that this show is. I think they make more of those. I don't know. I haven't. I, haven't I heard it. they are, but like COVID kind of delayed a lot of the shows because I heard that was coming back, and Succession's coming back. I don't know if you watched that on HBO. I haven't. I gotta. I gotta find a way. I got. I got. I think I got. Uh, I don't know. I think they changed the HBO criteria, so you can't use your parents' password anymore. So HBO Max actually is very password. They're like, fuck it, share it. We don't even care okay. anymore. So, so they're gotta, one of the cool ones about it. I gotta figure out. A, I gotta get in on that. Uh, if you have AT and T for your phone service, yeah, you can uh, just like call them and be like, hey. Uh, I want to renegotiate my thing, and I heard you throw in an HBO Max for free with it. Oh man, I've got I've got T-Mobile, and one of the big things that keeps me on T-Mobile is they give me free uh, MLB ballpark pass every year. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so that's that's kind of it's tough to break because I get that uh, every baseball game. And you're a huge baseball fan too. That's just like I am. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like also, like as an A's fan. It just almost feels like, like I hate the sport again. <laughs> like, see the big like, news out of San Diego today. 
Uh uh-uh. uh. Tatis, I guess, fourteen years, three hundred and forty million. Wow. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, I think he... I think that's a bargain for both because, like, yeah, he'll still become uh, a. He's only like twenty years old or whatever, or twenty one. Mm. So he'll well, and I, he'll come up for I another think... contract at thirty five, where he'll get big money again. Yeah. I have a buddy uh, who I was messaging with a lot during the season who's a, a big Padre fan. And the more I watch that team and watch Tatis, he's like the closest to Griffey that we have nowadays in terms of like the char- the charisma and the joy that he plays the game with. Totally. It's just, you know, he's, he's, he's like a once in a generation type player. So absolutely like. Padres should give him all the money and, and dude, I saw, <laughs> keep him as long as they can. I saw that time where like, he scored from third on a f- infield pop-up because they weren't quite paying attention. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I, he's just like, he's a smart player. He makes cool, like, and I remember his dad. Do you remember when his dad hit uh, two grand slams in one inning? Yeah, I remember his dad uh, with St. Louis because his dad was like a, a different kind of a player. Like, he was like, power hitting pinch hitter yeah he was he like a power hitting third baseman type he guy. overswing yeah he yeah. overswings so hard but he got the two grand slams in an inning he was the guy uh, you'd hide at third or first if you could to get some some because he'd hit 35 yeah. homers but he's gonna strike out like 200 times yeah it was it was definitely he had he had a very much like a jose style swing where it was like all or nothing maximum <laughs> maximum rotation every time all right so i'm glad you brought jose up because like i keep telling saying to plug on my patreon saying hey if i get up to a certain amount of people subscribing to this jose is gonna be the first uh big former athlete that lives here in vegas because i got him i got tyson i got oj yeah i gotta work my way up to oj is oj back in vegas now yeah he dude he lives like 10 minutes from me wow like not even ten minutes, probably like five to seven. I thought he minutes. was gonna. I thought he might want to stay out of Vegas after the last time. Uh, no, because he's on parole in the state of Nevada, and he can't go anywhere. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess he could go up to like Reno, Tahoe. Like, I guess he <laughs> he he go to Reno, Laughlin here. You know, there's not many places like. Yeah, you kind of limited there. It's a big but, state, uh, but a lot of it's just desert mountains. You know? <laughs> just desert, yeah. Not a lot going on. <laughs> Dude, wow, no, I just told this to my buddy Earl Skakel in the last episode, uh-huh. but uh, like, dude, they just found a body like, recently. I've, I've mentioned this on here a couple times. He lives in a gated community that has lakes in it, and a uh-huh. body was just found in one of the lakes. And and how close to you and OJ is this? I mean, this is in OJ's gated community that he lives in. Whoa! I mean, uh... I mean, it's on. You know, it's. And the woman, if they need someone to find the real killers, yeah, I think he's on it. What if he actually did already it this looking time? for some other real killers? So, what if he <laughs> stumbled upon these real killers? It looks like it was an accidental death, though. That it was a little because we get it was just snowing out here a couple weeks ago, so uh, uh, it was pretty cold out that night. And she uh, went out on this lake, which was a bad move, and drowned. You know, it was a but she looked kind of yeah. like Nicole. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> You don't want to go in the lake when it's cold. It's just bad. It's bad yeah, here. that's not good, especially at late <laughs> late night by yourself. Like you're really stacking the deck against you. You know, I try to stay out of water whenever possible. Yeah, I don't know. regardless of the circumstances. I was a swimmer, water polo player when I was younger. I, I, I unless can, it's a hot tub. I, I love could a hot tub. seriously not go swimming the rest of my life and not care because I did so much fucking. <laughs> 
movie laps and shit for water polos. I'm over it. Yep, I'm over it. Uh, no, but Jose, his car wash. I got to take my new car to the, the car wash there. You have to. Because is, it's it. Does it have like any kind of 4040 in the name? Like, is it? No, it's just the Jose Canseco car, but it's all painted in A's green and yellow. Beautiful. You know, I'm 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 kind of honored that he still does identify with the green and gold because he played for almost every team. It feels like. Yeah, he played for the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rangers, Red Sox, Red Sox, Devil Rays, Devil Rays. Um, uh, is that it? From, yeah, no, you said Blue Jays. He, he played for a lot of teams. Did he ever play for Kansas? No. No. He got blackballed. Or the White Sox? The no. But, like, he, uh, in his car wash, I've been there. I went there once before. It was last, like, uh-huh. uh, not this last Halloween, but the Halloween before. During the day, I saw he, he tweeted he was doing a meet and greet at his place. And I was like, and then I showed Mike Bridenstine. He's like, you got to go. You'll, you'll regret it if you don't go. Turns out you can go to a meet and greet there every day. It's one of the menu items on his car wash. Like, you get a car wash, detail wax, and a meet and greet for like 80 bucks or whatever. That's so funny. Because he sold like a bunch of his memorabilia already, right? Yeah. dude. It's in like the car wash. There's these, it's like pictures of him. Like, if you go into the car wash, uh-huh. there's a Papa shot in there. There's a bunch of slot machine, like video poker, and it's like. Yeah, I was gonna machine. say, like, what what memorabilia does he have to even put up there? Because I think he there isn't any memorabilia. It's there's pictures yeah. of him when, from when he was a player, but with like cartoon, like comic book style, like bubbles and like <laughs> like like it's like supposed to look like he's a superhero, like comic book style. So there's pictures of him like in a, like a, like an old school A's like batting practice jersey, and it'll say like, "Yeah, I did steroids. Who gives a shit?" Like. <laughs> Just rubbing, yeah. This is my car wash where I tell it like it is. I think there's even a reference to him dating Madonna in one of them. It's 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 hilarious. definitely mentioned in his autobiography. They do talk about him dating Madonna. If you go back and stalk my Instagram at Scott underscore Bowser for people listening, that uh-huh. I took a picture of every one of those fucking <laughs> comic book comic strip fucking. I think you sent me some of these too directly because I do remember seeing some of these before. Yeah, 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 I definitely was sending them to you as it happened because you're the biggest A's fan I know. I was like, dude, like guilty as charged. You know, like oh man, they're just such a source of disappointment though. Like it's just like like last year I felt like we had such a good team and now like Simeon's gone, Hendricks is gone, and like like the best player they still have they still have Chapman, but I have no hope that we're going to keep him at all. There's but that, like, that, that young guy, Robert Poussin, I want to say his name is. He's only like 17, 18. I could yeah. see him being in the big big leagues in the next couple of years, but like, I mean, he's still really young. He's not going to be at his full potential yeah. for a while. Like, he was still, he, he they did keep him in the uh, alternate site, so without minor leagues, they were definitely like trying to keep him active at the uh, team facility. That's good. Um, that's I think good. because of how big of a prospect he is. Because I have heard a lot about him. He does like he's like a five tool shortstop. Yeah, that yeah. Could be, you know, big deal. He's one of those kids too. Like he's like the, the like the, they're that young. They're always like six foot three, hundred and forty pounds. You're like, dude, they, you need know, to put on some weight, kid. Like it's funny. He's he's also like barely older than the kids that I coach in high school baseball too. <laughs> <laughs> like, but coming from the Dominican and getting that pro contract at uh, sixteen or whatever, you know. Yeah, dude. 
Uh, we uh, before the lockdown when I was coaching, uh, we had w- one player who was just kind of, in terms of like physical size and ability, just obviously head and shoulders above everyone else playing. And uh, Holmgren came to one of our games to watch the team that I coach play. And after the game, he was like, so what's the deal with your shortstop? Why do you guys have a fully grown man playing shortstop on a high school team? <laughs> he just he just did not look like a kid at all. Yeah, especially hits not puberty way before, like, like like hits puberty way before everyone else, and they're a man. Yeah, well, and also like hits and takes ground balls like a pro. It's it was wild because it was like I was new to coaching and and I was kind of getting the feel for how to like advise and and be a coach and stuff. And then I have this kid on my team who's just like light years better than I ever was or better than probably anyone that I've ever played with. So I'm like, I don't really know what to tell that kid. I'm just like, keep it up. <laughs> like, keep beating you, know? you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, do what you do, man. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, there was a kid on the, uh, guy on the football team and I was a freshman. And he was like a junior. I want to say uh-huh. and dude looks straight 35 in high school. Like he had like the receding hairline and like, like a chiseled man face like he yeah he looked like a full on a like it was like he looked more like a teacher than one of the students and like definitely that's like who was buying the beer back then for sure oh yeah dude that guy was not getting carded i i never really hung out with him but i always thought it was funny like how that guy just looked old as shit dude. Like, yeah it's it's i mean it's wild like uh especially the, like this was this kid was funny because like like he he wasn't like like super overconfident but like whenever i was coaching first base and he would get a walk he would walk down to first base and he would stand on first base and he'd just lean over and look at me and go they didn't want any (laughs) 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 i I crack me up every time because i mean obviously like he knew he was good but he's half joking He's, he's a really like smart funny kid who's good at baseball but yeah it was a it was a real bummer last year getting our season shut down because our team was so good. We were like I think we were at the time of the shutdown we were ranked in the top seventy in the state I think, which for a small school it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that's amazing, but, uh, dude. Yeah, but then they shut it down. We didn't get playoffs, and like ha- uh, like a third of that team graduated. So it's a whole new team now. I uh, this show has uh, been starting to crack the rankings in the. American and Swedish and Australian market. So, shout uh, out, obviously, shout out to my uh, fellow Americans, but shout out especially to my overseas homies in Australia and Sweden. You guys rule. <laughs> it's true. My, uh, I have cousins in Australia, in uh, in Adelaide, South Australia, uh, and they've always, like, growing up, been huge ha- fans of all of the Bay Area teams, like all the same, because because they they were born in Oakland, but they grew up in australia so they big a's fans big warriors fans oh that's uh, cool pretty cool are you a raiders fan too for football no i'm not it's weird how that worked out uh i used to have a a, a joke about it uh is that like the raiders were like my biological football team uh but they left when i was a small child like i was like i was born in 82 they moved to la like right before that yeah, yeah So, um, so I was like, by, by all rights, I should have been a Raiders fan, but they were gone. So the only team in the Bay Area when I was little was the 49ers and the 49ers were amazing. They went to the Super Bowl every year. We went to Disneyland every year. So then the Raiders moved back when I'm like a teenager 
and they ruin the baseball stadium. And so it's like, fuck you, dad. I hate you. Like, why'd you come back? <laughs> and then, and then they finish it off in the ultimate, ultimate deadbeat dad move where they just fuck it. And they just move to Vegas. Like it's, yeah, that really is. <laughs> I think that's the best analogy for the Raiders uh, franchise history. That I've ever heard just the worst shitty father ever. No, because I, I mean, went I to really, Vegas to get a pack of smokes and never came and back. Never came back. And it's funny because I had, uh, like, I, I know people that are Raider fans, and, and I really had never had anything against the Raiders, but they were just gone, and the 49ers were amazing. But I do remember in the East Bay growing up around these people that were like, they were like the children of bitter Raiders fans. So, like, the Raiders were gone and not good, and so they just lived to just say, horrible things about joe montana <laughs> to me in school and stuff <laughs> i swear like i think the first time i ever heard like yeah uh the common uh slur that people use against gay people in my life was i was like in the third grade and and someone was saying it about joe montana <laughs> i didn't even know what it meant <laughs> but that was the fir- first time i ever heard that word and i was like oh sh- i don't know but like that's that was the level of bitterness among the raider fans that i grew up around at that time oh man uh well, I mean, Raider fan, it's funny how Vegas, I don't think the Raiders are ever going to be full. I'm going to say it right now. I don't uh-huh. think they're ever going to be fully adopted here because so many people already had their home teams and there's so there's a a bar for mm-hmm. every team. I've been to a Vikings bar. I'm a Steelers fan. There's a Steelers bar right by my pat walking distance. Yeah. I've been to a Vikings bar. I've been to a Browns bar. I've found bars for pretty much any NFL franchise. Like I've been to a, a Ravens bar. Like I've seen, mm. like, and I didn't go to these because I knew that was like, that team's bar. I show up there to have. I heard they have good food or whatever. Yeah, and I go. I think, and you see I the th- decorations. You're like, oh shit, it's a fucking Eagles bar or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll ever be Vegas's team. Be, like, but I do think that they'll be successful because there's enough football fans and they're yeah. close enough to. Well, and people, and people and, will want to travel here to see games. Yeah, and it's a it's a nice stadium and everything. It's it is funny though. I don't know, like the 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 Raiders to be like, oh, this the uh, so uh, Luke moved to Denver, but he came back uh, to San Francisco to watch the first Forty ers game. <laughs> like even though no one could go to the games, everything's locked down. So this is when things were opened up and we, we could still have like outdoor bars. So we go to watch the Forty ers first game, uh, and like the classic thing that you always experience watching a Forty er game in the Bay Area is that there's always at least one way-too-drunk Raider fan who, even though their game is already over, is just hanging out to just yell and talk shit. And, like, me and Luke got into it so good with this guy. <laughs> like, we just <laughs> talked so much shit about how, like, his team left him. And, like, and, like uh, it was it – was, uh, it was weird because it was like one of the first times I had been outside and yelling at a stranger, like dealing with a Raider fan just felt like it felt like being at a game. Like, <laughs> Dude, it's funny. I'll tell you why the Raiders, I don't think are fully going to be adopted here in Vegas is because mm-hmm. uh, the Golden Knights came in year one and went to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. And this city went crazy for the Golden Knights right out the gate. And like it's the Golden Knights are huge. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really a competition with hockey. I don't know. It, the Raiders are coming. If the Raiders would have got here first, I, I don't know. But the f- expansion team being really good right out the gate in hockey, it's a, it's a game changer for like. So, like, yeah, the Raiders do have a fan base here. I'm not going to lie. I see Raiders uh, li- li- license plates here and there. 
But I, I, I honestly, three out of ten at least license plate I see are custom Golden Knights license plates. Yeah, it's insane yeah, I mean, how people, how crazy people are for this team here. Yeah, I think and hockey kind of does that. Where like, like I feel like like when the San Jose Sharks first got going, like the Bay Area was not a hockey market at all. And even still, I think if you listen to like Bay Area sports talk, hockey kind of gets gets kind of treated like a you know a lesser than uh but the thing is there is the sharks sell out shit tons of games the the fans that are hockey fans in the bay area are super knowledgeable and super rabid and so it is kind of like like it it sucks people in and i think people kind of get obsessed with it because it's an exciting sport yeah It, it it rules like if you go to like most of the neighborhood bars here like last year during the season if i was going out to a bar I would forget if it was a Golden Knights game on. I, you know, I'm not paying attention to their schedule, and all of a sudden it's like people like stop what they're doing. Like the the city should it's huge at every bar. Like most of them have like fog horns or big bells they ring on every goal. Like uh-huh. it gets pretty crazy. Like wh- one bar I went to, they give out a free shot or whatever every time they score or whatever. Like so they're like, oh no, this that's, one's on the house. They just scored. I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's fun. I think it might have been <laughs> if they score on a power play or something like that. Oh, you got, they got to have a caveat. They can't just be giving away for every goal. They can go that business. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I actually, uh, played, uh, roller hockey a little bit when I was a kid, like inline hockey. Uh, and it was pretty cool. I played yeah, I did uh, a little goalie. bit of that myself. Yeah. Yeah. I got, uh, I got heat stroke from, from, from playing hockey from all the pads, full goalie pads out in an outdoor rink. It was like 110. Oh, it was like geez. a white surface. I was like, oh, that's not good. Brutal. <laughs> bad, bad for your brain. So do you ever fucking hit Reno? I haven't been to Reno in a while. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went and uh, did like a good Tahoe weekend with some friends just to, you know, cut loose and uh, do a little bit of gambling. But I'm just, I'm on the Bovada now. It's too easy. How how far of a drive is it from San Francisco to Reno? Um, I want to say like four ish, depending on traffic. All right, so it's about L.A. to Vegas, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more of a windy uh, road. Okay, I think I could get from here to San Francisco probably five six tops. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I can cut through the the one highway that goes straight straight from Baker through Bakersfield. Shit. Yeah, I did um, with some friends a few years ago. I was when the A's were playing the Red Sox to open the season in Tokyo, like yeah, back when they had like Manny Ramirez. Uh, I had some friends and we drove to Vegas to watch those games in Vegas. Oh, that's fine. Uh, it was, like it was the, pretty. Those games watch started like at four a.m. our time or whatever. No, it was like two. Okay. Yeah, it was funny because uh, we get down there, we're watching the game. And like uh, it's like in the eighth inning, and then in the middle of the eighth inning, this guy runs downstairs with his Red Sox hat, and he goes, "What the hell? It's the eighth inning. I thought it starts at five. And I'm like, five Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You're on our coast, or you're closer to our coast now. You're in our time zone now, buddy." Oh man, it's funny, like. Uh... Because, like, I usually hang out at the local casinos here when I do uh-huh. the casinos. So, like, but occasionally you'll see someone that just, like, flew in. Like, they're there for a conference and their company put them up there. And they'll, they're will they just like, uh, like, 
I'm from Georgia. I'm going to take everything I have and put it on Georgia today. And it's just <laughs> like, all right, buddy. Uh, I, who are they playing? Alabama? Yeah, you wait a few minutes. All right, I'm going to go take everything I have and go put them in on Alabama, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny because I remember at the time we thought we're like, oh, Vegas, at 2 a.m., we'll watch the game. It's going to be a party. And then when you're actually watching a sporting event in a sports book at 2 a.m., it's just a security guard waking people up. Yeah, it's dead. Like that's all. Dude. You're just watching a security guard remind people that they can't sleep. They can't there sleep there. Yeah, because <laughs> it gets kind of rough. I've talked about this before. You got sportsbook hobos, dude, especially at the local yeah. spots out here. And like yeah. some of them, they have the little private TVs. So, if, dude, if you're a hobo on a hot summer day, oh, there's no place better. You got your own little TV. You got the air conditioning. You got a bathroom. Like, can't really beat it. You're rolling, dude. Yeah, like. <laughs> like, uh, like, like the strip and shit, fucking sucks. Like after two a.m., because they basically shut all the bars and stuff down, and the only place you get drink service is at the tables or at the uh-huh. machines. Yeah, like they rarely keep bars open late there. Whereas, like, if you just go right off the strip for the local bars, I, dude, I know a bunch of places that rage twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It's yeah, like, pump like that, like like the Golden Tiki. You go to that place at. 3 a.m. It's packed going off. <laughs> oh, man. I remember the, when I used to go to Vegas with friends, We somehow we would always end up staying at the Imperial Palace. That place is cool. I, I, I guess, is it gone now? No, it's still there, and I believe, because okay. uh, it's owned by Bally's, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But they put in um, the DraftKings Sportsbook there, I think. They, like one of the oh, world's okay. largest sportsbooks that's owned by and operated by DraftKings. Do they have celebrity impersonators working at the sportsbook, too? So that was one of the big, uh, the celebrity so. impersonators at the table in the Imperial Palace <laughs> was big for me. Dude, uh, have you been to Plan? Have you been like since the Planet Hollywood opened there? No. The strip? Dude, Planet Hollywood has straight like go go dancers behind the blackjack tables. <laughs> it's too much. Like there's like, like like poles, like every like every four blackjack tables, let's say, has like uh-huh. one or two poles with go go dancers on them just dancing, strutting their G string booties and whatnot. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I had a. I, I think it's the Planet Hollywood connection that makes me. I had a, a friend who briefly uh, was a, a relative of a friend of mine who worked uh, for Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was the governor. Uh huh. The governor uh, in the uh... governor's office, and apparently one day uh, Steven Seagal showed up to the governor's office and demanded to see the governor, and all the handlers were had to be like. Like he's busy. I'm sorry, he can't talk to you. And he started having a fit and like throwing a fit. And he was like, "We used to be in business together," like referring to Planet Hollywood. Oh my god! <laughs> and they had to like get security to kind of like walk him off. Oh, dude! Arnold, like, governor, like, is there like a California State Secret Service? I mean, the, the governor definitely has like you know like a security details. Like, thugs. He's got goons. Yeah. It's no point in being the governor if you don't get goons. I'm trying to think of the, there's got to be states where the governor doesn't really have it. Like, I'm pretty sure the governor of like uh, Wyoming, Delaware. Yeah, or like, <laughs> no Delaware. That's a we don't have enough people for no, goons. Because the go. whole banking and like corporate world is controlled like through Delaware. Oh, that's true. It's true. Delaware is like the uh, Delaware the, uh, shell corporation capital yeah, of America. Yeah, yeah. Delaware guy's definitely got some muscle, but I'm thinking more like Wyoming or like Montana, where it's like, yeah, that like, guy, that guy, uh, probably, <laughs> that guy just goes like river rafting every day or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> oh man. It's like on the Simpsons where it shows the Prime Minister of Australia and he's just like, I'm gonna go talk to the Prime Minister. Hey, Phil or whatever, just yells yells at his neighbor, fucking soaking in his oh, pond man. in the backyard. I... I got to watch that episode with my Australian cousins when we were all like, you know, 10 and 12 years old. And they de- they never got to see it because they didn't show that episode in Australia. And they were <laughs> fucking dying. They thought it was the funniest shit. Dude, it is, man. Like, it's still one of the best episodes. It I is. Yeah, I love the uh, bullfrog. That's a stupid name. I would have <laughs> called it a Charles Wozlo. <laughs> Just the idea of of uh, booting. Uh, yeah, you gotta boot the kid. Like, put on the big boot and kick him in the ass. For... <laughs> Just a little kick in the bum. <laughs> oh man, those all like those first ten seasons or so of The Simpsons are just perfect. Like, yeah, it's it's almost weird that it's still happening. I mean, I guess it's good jobs for people, but yeah. I haven't been able to watch it in, in a while. I'll catch so- one here and there. Sometimes they'll make you know, they're not bad, like but like, it gets, I don't know, like I I saw so, uh, a good tweet, I forget who posted it, I like to give them credit here, but I can't remember who it is but uh, it was something like it's not that the Simpsons predicted all this stuff years ago, it's that we haven't solved our country's problems in the last 30 years since they've been uh- yeah, that's the, that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, yeah, I think that's the the angle there that I, people are kind of missing. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of truth to that for sure. Because like, think about it, Homer has uh, barely a high school education. Well, that's the other thing that's wild too that has not held up uh, with with like adjusting for time is that like. There's no way that Homer would have that house. In and that job. And that job. In, like a, in 2020, are you kidding me? No a, way. A sick union job in middle America. Yeah. A sick Doesn't exist. Factory <laughs> union job in middle America that ha- like where the wife can stay home and work and he raises three kids. Like, that's yeah. insane, dude. No, that like. That's no nobody. No, that's just yeah. That's, that's, I think that's, I saw like an episode from last few years where like Marge started driving for Uber. <laughs> <laughs> that that would like because that is a thing too. I think like when when The Simpsons started, uh, it did feel like it was identifiable to like middle class American life in yeah. a lot of ways, and like, that's what the shows were on TV at the time too. It was yeah. always the dad, the mom, the kids. I saw my my. Seinfeld's probably my favorite sitcom of all time. Yeah. But a close number two, if not 1A, is Married with Children. Uh-huh. Because it subverted the idea. Both shows subverted a sitcom. Seinfeld made it about a bunch of people that didn't want kids and, like, were just self-obsessed. Mm-hmm. And then Married with Children made it about a family that hated each other. Like, instead of the loving family with, like... <laughs> like, the, literal opposite. The angel daughter and the smart son. It was, like, the dumbass kid, the slutty daughter, the lazy mom... <laughs> the pathetic dad like it was the, <laughs> it was the funniest shit ever dude like yeah it's it's you don't yeah people like you can't see like weird shit i'm, I'm not, like people don't try shit anymore i don't know and some of those episodes of marriage children like there's the one where they're like the the fortune teller lady turned them all to chimpanzees and they just ended on a weird like twilight zone cliffhanger of chimpanzees dressed like them sitting on the couch and it's fucking hilarious dude <laughs> yeah yeah that one is good i i i gotta get back 
go back through those because I remember like watching them passively when they are on, but I don't remember like ever like really watching that show. Oh, that dude, it holds up so well. I like, guess there was a time there where it was coming on uh, like Logo or one of those channels every night. Yeah. I do remember like being a kid and staying up late. It used to be syndicated with In Living Color yeah. on FX, and I definitely always liked In Living Color. It was one of those shows that I remember not being allowed to watch, like uh, that and like Beavis and Butthead and stuff. And then and then it just became like a better show or like a more important show because it's like not allowed to watch. <laughs> yeah, it. of course, dude. Uh, Barry Children is the best because like uh, one th- funny thing is if you watch it now on streaming. They couldn't get the rights for the Frank Sinatra theme song they used on the original run. Really? So they used some weird, like, knockoff, like, music that's, like, all, that doesn't quite add up. But most people skip through the opening credits anyway, so who cares? Like, it's like. Yeah. That's also funny watching, because uh, I got the box set and I watched The State, which I loved when it was on TV. I did, and, too. Like, yeah. It, it feels so weird because, like, they were all trying to be MTV current and pump all this, like, current popular music into the show. And now the sketches don't play the same because they've like replaced all that music with like, you know, generic music. Or, like, yeah, because they couldn't get the dude. That's like the old Beavis and Buttheads and stuff like that. Where like they, if you you had to tape them the original run. Yeah, because if you didn't, you didn't like VHS originally. The videos are the best part of Beavis and Butthead. The commentary over the videos yeah. were the best part of the show. Like, Always. It's uh, it's I think I saw somebody posted like on an Instagram story, some like videos of like them watching the videos. And I was just dying. Like I had forgotten how funny it was. Yeah, dude. It, uh, what's the other one? Uh, did you ever watch Liquid Television? Because I think that's where Beavis and Butthead started. Yeah. Like, shorts, yeah. Like, same way like uh, Mary, uh, Simpsons were shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. Mm-hmm. Did you know Nick, Nick Rutherford? uh Guest on episode 19 or 18, I think, if you want to go back and check that one out. But Nick, uh, when he was, a, he was a child actor, dude, he was on an episode of the Tracy Ullman show. Really? Yeah, he was on Tracy Ullman show. He was on Family Ties. He was on Fresh Prince. He was on a few shows. Damn, those are some classic shows. Yeah. Hold on, I got to take this out for a second. Oh. No problem, no problem. There we go. Free from the hoodie. Yeah, he has a pretty good... Uh, child actor resume there like i i want to say like dude his adam jacobs found his old clip from uh fresh prince and it was hilarious it was yeah. him like dancing at like hillary it was like he was playing one of hillary's friends at one of her birthday parties and he's just like and he was like a fat kid dude so it's like a fat kid dancing at <laughs> at a birthday fresh prince uh, mansion birthday party like that's wild Oh, I I got I got what I mean I I I haven't done much acting, but I do I am proud of this. I I got to be uh, a crowd extra in the movie Moneyball. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and I was a crowd extra in a scene uh, that was portraying a game that I was actually at. So I was playing myself, Scott. That's insane! So in two thousand two season, yeah, the game you went to. You, on the 20 game winning streak on the 20 game winning streak wow that's something yeah. else i thought i was hoping you were gonna say you're a crowd extra in another bay area classic baseball movie i love moneyball but i was i was hoping you were gonna be in the fan with wesley snipes and robert de niro no i that, although i i i don't i although i wasn't a crowd extra in the fan i was a crowd extra in angels in the outfield 
That's because cool. they shot that at the Oakland Coliseum. They just made it look like Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, I always like, dude. It's like they never use Anaheim Stadium. Like the Angel game in Major League is at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. The Angel, yeah, Angels in the outfield is Oakland. Like they never old school Major League. It's not that they shot that at the Milwaukee County Stadium, the Brewer Stadium. That wasn't a shot mm-hmm. at the Cleveland Stadium. Like it's it's hilarious how it's never at the that team's ballpark. But dude, also, I, dude, uh, you, you have seen movie. the fan, right? Oh yeah, I saw the fan a long time ago. Okay, it's it's classic. I, I think I'll, I'll, uh, I'll the thing that I remember the most is John Cruck in the movie. Yeah, when, uh, after the other player whose number he wanted dies, and it's the montage, and it's John Cruck very wooden, like pointing at his patch on his arm, going, "Now we all get to wear the number." <laughs> <laughs> It's just because I was I was so funny because it's like it's like when you when you whenever you see like baseball players put into a movie and you get to see how terrible they are at acting and stuff like oh yeah it's I guess um I was reading the original I kind of actually like I would have rather seen this movie than the one that they made but they were originally Steven Soderbergh was gonna make Moneyball and uh, instead of doing it the way that the Aaron Sorkin way he wanted to have it have the players from the A's actually playing themselves in the movie. Like Miguel Tejada and Eric Chavez. Yeah. Like Dave justice, Scott Hatterberg, all those guys playing themselves. And he also wanted to have a sequence in the middle of the movie where a cartoon baseball, uh, interrupts the movie and then does an animated sequence explaining the theories of, uh, sabermetrics and Bill James, uh, which, I think nobody would have liked that movie except for me, but I would have liked. It. I would like it. I love the book when it first came out. So yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a really, it's a really interesting book. It's it's a really good read. I also really like the book, The Blind Side, and the movie adaptation of it isn't nearly as because yeah, the story of Michael Orr with the rich white family or whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah, that kind of story's been done a million times. The really interesting part of that book is the other half of the book where it explains why. Lawrence Taylor alone is the reason why left tackle started getting paid big money in the NFL. Oh, yeah, like I, I did, I didn't finish that book, but I did start reading it. And the most fascinating stuff was all the like the history of scouting and football, and like the importance of that position, like the and like the quarterbacks blind, like that stuff was fascinating. But that also that stuff is like it's it's weird that that they went on such this Hollywood run of making his books into movies because none of them seem like they'd be great as movies when you read them i like never even, read the big short but that's a great movie too like, yeah i love the big short but but even like before moneyball came out as a movie i remember thinking like how are you gonna make this a movie i thought the same thing I'm like, how you I know? know i mean it's heartwarming it's pretty good uh but yeah i guess i would have liked to see scott hatterberg play himself i think uh, that would be i don't know chris pratt asked scott hatterberg pretty classic Although I was, I wasn't. Didn't Chris Pratt get outed as uh, one of those three percenter guys? Isn't he like a? <laughs> he's like a weirdo, conservative nut. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's just. Uh, I think he's one of those really nice guys that uh, doesn't know how to like say no to people. So you might get caught up with weird stuff occasionally. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I used to uh, have some kind of dealings with him. He always seemed all right. Okay. Well, well, who knows? Like Scott Hatterberg. Yeah, Scott Hatterberg would have been much better as a choice of himself. Uh, he also did a book, Liar's Poker, I never read, but 
about Wall Street guys. Yeah. And that's probably I remember seeing that one too. That probably be it, a good movie. I, I I wasn't disappointed to not be like because I didn't ever see myself on screen in, in Moneyball, and I and I wasn't disappointed by that. But I was very disappointed that they couldn't put in at least like a two second shot of Banjo Man. Like and I don't know if you know about Banjo Man, but like. This is like the most iconic and most legendary Oakland A's fan. I've been seeing him at games since I was a small child. He's still at like almost every game. Yeah, they show him on TV all the time. Banjo. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's the most legendary Oakland A's fan. Do you think he would get along with Robert De Niro's character from The Fan? <laughs> it's just Robert De Niro being all like menacing and terrifying, and then just, <laughs> we're number one. <laughs> My favorite part about the fan is how he's got like he always talks about how back when I played me and old Chip or whatever like his old buddy that like he was the best catcher I ever played with and then when they find like when they finally like find the guy at the end like who this guy was like that's how like he's gonna kill him next or whatever because he's so deranged and this guy's just like yeah I remember you like what's the fucking deal like. Oh yeah, I played baseball for like three months when I was a kid. And this is gonna ha- haunt me the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> it's such a weird movie. Like it's <laughs> it's funny because it's been a long time since I saw it. It's falling down way, at Candlestick. <laughs> yeah, like in a weird way, I never stopped thinking about it. I was always like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> like it just it seems so crazy to me. Benicio del Toro's in it, dude. Like it's oh, a good movie, classic, and because like. That was the thing, obviously, with that movie. It's like that that Snipes' character is like supposed to be Bonds, like kind yeah. of, you know, the high price like, free agent coming yeah. over. He's like the best player of the game. Obviously, supposed to be Bonds. Yep. Yeah. But I don't remember Barry Bonds getting stalked by uh, a taxi driver there, though. Yeah, <laughs> dude, like this would have been like if Barry Bonds would have had Will Clark killed when he first went to San Francisco. Yeah, it's funny. What if they just that was the <laughs> or no, not would have killed of like yeah a diehard Barry Bonds fan murdered Will Clark on his arrival in San Francisco. Like yeah, what was it like? Because they they definitely like had bad blood, and I think it was generally uh, attributed. You know, it's funny. Like uh, like I've n- never been like a big Bonds fan because obviously like he's a rival but I have nothing but respect for him and his abilities and honestly like the teammates that he had the most problems with uh, like like Will Clark and Jeff Kent who I believe absolutely are both huge racists yeah no Will like, Clark dude he's like I mean I'm not going to say everybody is from Mississippi is a racist but yeah. Will Clark's from Mississippi went to Mississippi State and he I believe he had some issues with uh, Rafael Palmero, I want to say, who was a teammate yeah. there, somebody, something like that. He had a teammate with the like, he, like real issues with his non-white teammates in college. Like, so he yeah, has a, there was there was definitely rumors history, yeah. that he and Barry did not get along big time, and that was the reason why they they, they got tra- rid of him. They traded like, him, yeah, because they Barry was this huge free agent. Like his dad played for the team, he was like destined to be there, and Will Clark was declining, so it was like you know. You got to pick one. It's going to be Barry. Yeah, I mean, they made the right call. Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's you better you better make that call. <laughs> yeah, but like Jeff can't remember when he was like washing his like lifted truck. Yeah, like, you know the, the the real story of of how they found out that he wasn't actually washing his truck is because he actually did the wheelie on the bike 
uh, in full view of a team van that was driving rookies around. Like he was showing off in front of the rookies. So, so they all saw him eat shit. So he came so in he, the next like, I fell washing my truck. He said he, was, he fell washing his trunk. But he actually ate shit on his dirt bike, fucking hot rodding for fucking. Yeah, no, I don't even think it was a dirt bike. I think it was a regular motorcycle, and he was trying to pop a wheelie on the street with it. Oh my god, <laughs> what like, a numb nuts! Dude. Yeah. There's always the funny ones though, where you'll hear about a guy getting hurt at home, or like, uh-huh. oh, he he stepped on his cat late at night or something, and it'll be like, dude, he was drunk and he like fell down his stairs. Like that's obviously what happened, right? Like, yeah, was it like I think it was like Clint Barms when he was on the Rockies who like injured himself carrying deer meat up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, dude, you know that would be a good book. Go through the history of the de- the disabled list and find the funniest injuries. Oh man, uh, Glenn Allen Hill, night terrors. Dude, he, he he had a dream that he was being covered with spiders. And he, he jumped out of bed while still asleep and ran through a sliding glass door and, like, hurt himself. <laughs> Dude, like, he, had to miss, like, four or five games. He was my brother's neighbor when my brother went to UC Santa Cruz. Dude, he was a great hitter. He was. He was, a, he was one of those professional hitter guys that, like, yeah, you don't want him fielding, but, like, he can hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, like, broke his arm, I think, sliding to try to catch a ball one time. Dude, I I, I I think that's a good book idea. Like uh, the funniest, like designated disabled list trips and the, oh, like the best injuries. The best injuries. Cause like some guys like go on for the the thing for sneezing or shit like that. Like oh yeah, what was it? Um, Brett George, George Brett with his hemorrhoids. Yeah, it didn't. I think Adrian Beltre uh, ruptured a testicle getting hit oh, by a ground dude. ball. Dude, he belvedered himself with the yeah. With the I, think he, I think he did. <laughs> he also doesn't like people touching his head. Yeah, no, he does not like people touching his head. That's... It's so funny though. There's a there's a like if you just Google like best funny Adrian Beltre moments, that video is priceless. Oh He's yeah. He's so like like a so a really good player, but also like a really interesting sense of humor about the game. Yeah, he's a like. A... It's crazy. I remember him when he was young with the Dodgers, and I never mm. thought like, ah, oh, this guy, he's gonna be a three thousand hit, like five hundred home run guy or whatever. And I think he ended up with both, dude. If I'm not mistaken, I think well, I think a lot of it was all based on how young he was when he came up yeah. with the Dodgers, and he, he was able he to was maintain a high peak late. Yeah, yeah. He had he he kind of made the mistake of going to Seattle, and that stadium kind of killed his numbers for a few years. But he still was productive in that time, and yeah. then he goes to like Boston and Texas and just kind of blows up. Yeah, uh, I remember when he was with the Dodgers. Like, I think he came up when he was like nine, eighteen, nineteen originally. Yeah, but then his final year there is when he really peaked. He had like that monster year where he was going yeah, for like triple like, crown numbers and like. Yeah, I remember he was like the poster boy for the for the contract year at the time. Yeah, yeah, my friend, uh, my friend's dad had season tickets that year, and like we were going to a lot of the game his tickets, and uh, I believe it was that season I went to the game where Piazza tied uh, Fist for the most home runs by a catcher. Okay, yeah, I was. It's weird. and some I, idiot I, at Dodger Stadium threw the ball back, where it's like, dude, you just, <laughs> that's that ball's worth money. Like Piazza would have at least given you a fucking like gift package worth a lot of money for giving that ball back to him. Yeah, I I was at um I think I was at a game it was a game where where Ichiro broke I think 
a single season hit record. It was a late season game with Oakland. I went to one of those late season ones where I think he had already broken it or he was about to, but I I watched him on that run, like in those final weeks there. Yeah. And then I I was at the game where Bonds tied uh, uh, Ruth, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, Because that happened in Oakland, I think. Yeah, it was Ruth when he tied Ruth, not when he tied Aaron. But yeah. It's funny because it's the only time in my life I've ever – it was an opposing team home run against the A's, but out of reverence for the the greatness of the player and the greatness of the record, I, like, stood and applauded the home run. But also I'm booing. So I've never been at a game where I was, like, (laughs) simultaneously standing ovationing and booing at the same time. It it felt right. I couldn't just – it was Oakland. I had there had to be some booze over the top of it. Dude, you know? that's the most Oakland shit ever. Dude, before we get going, because I'm starting to run out of time here. But uh dude, um read this story. I don't know if you've heard about this house in Oakland that I guess Ricky Henderson owns that these college yes. guys rented. Have you heard about this? I have I read this story. It was like they there was like a room that he didn't want them to go in. in there the was house. like a basement. Yeah. Okay. And it was like basically a bar, like a 1960s, like mafia style social club bar that someone had built in there that still had like the vinyl seats, like Uh checkerboard floor, like sick, like original condition, like straight out of like 1960s, like bar. Like, and these guys like got into it and like started like, they turned it into like a mini speakeasy at their back. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I think part of the deal was that it was like, because also, like, I, I've definitely heard that that like Ricky took his money that he made from baseball and he put it into owning properties. So he owns a lot of properties in Oakland. But from what I remember, it was like it was like an adjacent part of a property that wasn't part of the unit that they were renting. It was just kind of like this connected thing, and they had to like they found a way to sneak into it and like party in there, and then Ricky changed the locks on him or something. <laughs> But yeah. dude, there's so many great uh, – I was reading a thing I think a couple of years ago where somebody was at a Raider game and uh, they lost their phone. They sat it down to, to, on someone's bumper and they, uh, they were talking and they walked off and they forgot their phone. And so somebody – the person that found the phone calls like a family member in the, in the phone book to connect with them and they go, hi, it's Ricky. I have your phone. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, right, whatever. And he goes, yeah, it's Ricky. I'll be at this gas station. They show up to the gas station. It's, it's like, there's Ricky giving you your phone back. And they, like, took a picture with him and stuff. Dude. But he's, like, he's like beloved in Oakland, man. He can go anywhere. And he's, like, the mayor, man. People people love Ricky. Oh, man. Dude, I heard he, he, like, would drive. I mean, he got his first big contract. He would drive around Oakland with like in, like, a Cadillac, like, throwing $20 bills out the window at everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the great story was he, he had the, the, there was a year where the Oakland A's books came off, came up a million dollars off. Uh, and they did all the searching to be like, what was, where was this uncashed check? Where did it go? Who was it to? And why hasn't it been cashed yet? And they found it was a signing bonus check for Ricky for something like stealing bases or batting average or something. So he got a million dollar bonus check. And they were like, hey, Ricky, we're doing the books and we noticed that you never cashed this check. Uh, what did you do with it? And he's like, oh, I framed it. that's fine art for him man (laughs) (laughs) oh this might this might maybe my favorite favorite story slash ricky quote ever somebody in the 80s oakland a's they were talking about music in the dugout somebody asked him if he owned the garth brooks album that had friends in low places on it 
and Ricky's response was, Ricky doesn't own albums. Ricky owns CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Man is a legend. (laughs) He is fantastic. That's a great note to go out on. The all-time best Ricky quote. Ben, you got anything you want to plug on the way out, dude? Uh, just Twitter and Instagram at Ben Kalina. Uh, hopefully when there are things to do again, I'll be able to post about him there. Yeah. Check him out. If you're in the Bay area and stand up, becomes around again. He's one of my favorites. Uh, glad to have you on dude. And thank you guys all so much for checking this out. I'll say goodbye to you all in the back. End. And that was Ben Kalina, everybody. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a little five-star rating and review. I usually do this at the top of the show. I totally forgot on the thing I recorded, and I'm too lazy to record, re-record it right now. So make sure you do all that and share the with word of mouth. Uh, the show keeps growing each month. I, I really, it means the world to me, and I really appreciate all you guys for helping out so much. Um, also, if you want to check us out over on Patreon and become a Patreon, Patreon member, um, we, uh, I offer like a bunch of bonus content premium episodes where i do round table drinking round tables and i haven't done one in a while so i definitely owe you guys a couple of those coming up patreon subscribers uh and bonus episodes with some of the guests where we kind of stick around and talk shit and uh put things behind a paywall so we can say things about uh former employers and whatnot and not necessarily get in trouble for it so if you like that kind of content please patreon.com at luckstopspod you can also find us on twitter and instagram at luckstopspod i created a facebook group that i never check or use and if anybody wants to volunteer to become the administrator on it it's fucking yours you can do it because like facebook to me it's like watching a fucking it's it reminds me of watching my childhood dog get put down at this point. That's that's the vibes I get from Facebook. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, n- and next episode later this week, I got my good friend Chris Durant. He is the creator, the founder, the publisher of Savage Henry Magazine and the owner of Savage Henry Comedy Club in Eureka, California. And we talk about that a little. And, uh, you know, he's, they, they're going to be opening back up soon. So, uh, at, well, 25% capacity, but... It looks like the world is kind of returning soon, if not slowly. So hold tight, everybody. Uh, I got a big announcement coming on that episode. So stick around for that. And thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Goodbye.